0: Welcome to episode 374 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right team. Welcome along to episode three hundred and seventy-four of I am Talk with Coach John Newsome and Bevan James. Oz, how you going, mate? I am very good, Bevan. Very good. Awesome, in fact. Awesome, in fact.
1: Yes. Wow. How great. are you, Bevan? How's America going?
0: Oh, I'm loving. It. I've just got just finished in Florida. I'm in New York. I, nice. Yesterday, I walked half marathon. Did you? Great. <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: GPS Joe had it all
0: down yep, packed. Yeah, it was uh 28.3 miles. Miles, miles even. I've a marathon. It's a marathon. <laughs> that's how we roll. It's yes. tell you, you always walk half a marathon every day when you're traveling. Mm. I'm talking, is proudly brought to you by
1: Coffeesofhawaii.com for your
0: Peabury, uh, Athlinks.com, Social Networking for Endurance Athletes,
1: Extreme Endurance, Galactic Buffer, TrainingPeaks.com, Get the new app, and SLS
0: Try. Cool. Yeah, guys, we're doing a slightly different show this week. We've got, uh, because I'm over in America and we've pre recorded this, but still, we're going to talk a little bit about some news coming up for some races and stuff like that. And then
1: we've got some interviews, John. We have. We've got two interviews, uh, one, or well, both that I've actually done myself. Bevan, looking after you, looking yeah, yeah, after I'm team.
0: pretty impressed, actually, because he did a lot of homework. He knew I was away yeah. and uh, he's done a lot of homework. So, well done, mate. So, we've got proud Tor- of
1: you. Torsten the Geek is on <laughs> and he's talking around uh, women and whether or not they should be having equal slots in Kona and it was based off an interview or an article that was written by Rachel Joyce a few weeks ago saying that hey women don't get So he's looking at statistically women don't get a fair suck of the sand (laughs) And if you don't get that joke, go back a couple of shows ago. Yeah, listen. and so we're going to talk around that, so, so some some gender related stuff, and also around <laughs> the impact of the the new KPR system and, and what impact that will have. And then we have a guy called Drew Drew Hartman. Drew Hartman. So I'm, I've been doing some research into. I'm getting a whole bunch of uh, new trainers. I'm, I'm probably going down the path of getting the the wahoo kicker. And the wahoo kicker, what's that? Yeah, it's, it's looking pretty funky. Once I've got it, I'll, I'll talk talk it through. About wahoo, wahoo. W. A. W-A- H O O, and kicker is with a R on the end, non E R, and but he, he's got he's he's developed some software that's really funky. If you're in a group setting, um, you can really set it up nicely in terms of everybody's got their own individual ID. You can have it up on a big screen or on, on a computer, and everybody can have a. You can basically set up a studio workout so everybody is it's fair for everybody. So say for example, you want to, do so a I'm, set, I'm
0: fitter than you, yep, and then and, and we're going to do four, you'll be for
1: four, four by ten minutes. At, at FTP and it will pre-program your trainer it will talk to your trainer via Ant Plus to say right now Bevan's got to ride at 200 watts while John at the same effort is riding at 215 and watts so the
0: winner is the person who gets the best effort based on their current ability
1: mm. and then you can you can set up all these different things in terms of structuring the workouts in terms of setting up a hilly team. we live in
0: great times don't we like these tools makes
1: it so much more
0: interesting. Yeah, man. Like, the tools we have nowadays are just so – and really, we're only just touching the iceberg. You know, like, Mm. when we think about these tools, they've only really been around for 10 years. And, Mm. and, you know, if we think, where will they be 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be really fascinating watching the evolution of sporting ability based on the tools we have around it. Exactly. Mm. So So.
1: we've got those two interviews coming
0: up. Okay. So uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about some news. And we're just going to kind of talk about the races that are coming up. And the first race we have is Ironman Sweden.
1: I mean, Sweden is, uh, has been. I think this is either their second or third year race um, in terms of an Ironman branded race. It previously just used to be the Kalmar Triathlon, um, but good on them. I mean, it's, it's now WTC branded. It seems like the numbers have really gone through the roof. Uh, it's a really fast course. I've got my Polish boy Yussik going over there, and he's going to hopefully nail it, nail a good race. But if you, it's it's another one of those courses if you want a fast time this is a, a, a race you should go and do. And I guess the timing is also really good in terms of it being a, a later season race in terms of building your season towards it. We've also got uh, Copenhagen. It's not Challenge Copenhagen, Bevan. It's Ironman Copenhagen. Yeah. so a bit of uh, controversy around that one when uh, WTC took over the management group. Well,
0: what's interesting is that based on your little thing you've got here in front of me is it hasn't sold out. Uh,
1: quite possible, yeah Entries yeah, no, are still, still open but so, Interesting to see, obviously we saw what happened with Cairns And it seemed like it was a fairly easy transition It was just, you know, it's, the race is all set up to go It's, it's still the same guys running the race It's just now called an Ironman And so just really the branding's going to be a di- bit different And I'd imagine the experience is going to be um, similar You won't have that challenge sort of feel perhaps it might. I don't know, I think it'll be pretty similar yeah, possible. and then the final race we've got is the new North American Championships at Mont Tremblant. So again, that that race has changed from being a championship race. Was I'm in New York, which was last year, which was a one and done, and then now I'm it's changed to Mont yeah, Mont Tremblant, and. I mean, we've, I've, I've got to give WTC a bit of love here because we've gone on for years and years how crap they've been at producing a pro Next start races, list. Yep. And they finally seem to be doing this with all their races now, which is absolutely fantastic. They've got basically their start list up there. But, John,
0: the problem with this pro list is considering this is meant to be a North American race, it's not the strongest race.
1: No, it's not. And it's the same every year. And but some... should they change the timing of the race? Oh, I think they should. I mean, It seems w- like a no-brainer. We, if they want it to be a championship race and they want to draw some good things, I'm thinking the best sort of window is probably going to be in June because. Um, but then you got the European, you have got their clash, haven't you? Well, that's usually at the start of July, so you're going to have to clash somewhere, and and, and um, and so I think because the thing is,
0: it's either you choose to clash, and you have an early season U.S. race or North American race, mm. um, and kind of clash a little bit with what's going to be happening in Europe. Or you have a diluted field that's not really representative of New Zealand of, of a, a championship race. Yeah, oh, this, this has got a strong, this got a big number of fields. There's quite a few pros there, but and not it's, rock star names.
1: And it's got a stronger field, a much stronger field than say your standard two thousand point. Man race yeah. So, and, and again we're not being critical of any of the athletes in here they're all they're all good in their own right but you haven't got the championship winning athletes there as you would say at as Bevan said at the Melbourne Melbourne, Melbourne Strongfield this year yeah, Germany Germany Strongfield so I, I think that perhaps they should look at a June date because July is Frankfurt um, and which often gets more of your European athletes and if we want to see the best of the rest then maybe a, a June window might work a bit better and and some of those athletes that need to to get some points and they need to to, to get to Kona then they'll, they'll go there because you're just never going to get the Kona contenders racing the, the Rather hard, hard at this time of the year. Well, you you get a few outliers, but but very few. Well, the nice
0: thing about it is, I suppose, for these second tier guys—not those second tier—but you know, for this field here, it's going to be a pretty good payday.
1: Yes, and and good points for the guys that have not made it to Conis. So uh, the, the names that jump out at me here are Luke Bell. Uh, he's he's had his first maiden win, and and this may have been may well have been part of his strategy. He won He won Ironman um, Port Macquarie, which was a, I think only a thousand point race, and so didn't give many points. Maybe that was part of his plan. I'm going to do a low points race. Win something in Australia, go for the win, and he he won really well there. Yep. And then I, I knowing that I'm going to be doing this high points race, and I should be able to sneak in the back door. If he can get a top three here, then maybe he'll have enough points to to get to Kona, if that is part of his agenda. And for a lot of these guys, you know, <coughs> Kona may not be their agenda. They're just in it to, to get some good prize money and uh, and and go for a prestigious race. Roman Guillam is there. He won this race last year uh, from memory, and it is not. Uh, when it was a non-championship race, uh, it just Paul looks Amy. like Paul Amy, um, uh, Clement Alonso, McKenna is also in there. Paul Ambrose, uh, I think, is another just one to, to look out for. So Daniel Hulksworth, who who won Ironman UK uh, a couple of weeks ago, so it's a good field, and and I think we'll see a really good race. But we don't. It's not. You know, you haven't got those, those championship You're athletes famous? in there. Um, and, and likewise, on the girls' side of things, um, uh, you got Erica Cholmore in there. Oh, Marybeth Ellis. Mary um, so she's going to be interesting favorite. to see that she's she's going out there. And so girls' side of things, you've got Rebecca Keat and, and Joe Lawn in there. So again, I think Marybeth Alice will absolutely crush them all. But I think it'll be a, again a really good race for for second and third.
0: It's, you'd say the female field is stronger than the males' field, as an overall.
1: With Mary Beth Ellis, yeah, it really skews she, that because yeah, she is yeah. uh, she's, she's a kinda contender. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, like she can win Kona. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, I'd be interested to see how it goes. See, what, to see how she races this because it is pretty close. Well, she's um, she did similar strategy last year. I mean, she did a bunch load of races yeah. uh, last year and, and seemed to perform pretty well. And it, I don't know. Maybe she's done the same amount of races this year, but it seems to me that she's done less racing this year and uh and I guess for some of these girls, you know she is a lot better than a lot of these other girls you know uh good really good training day, and if you can go a little bit easier and 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 do it it's it's good training it's just if you if you go to the limit in these races, then it's gotta hurt your kind of chances a bit I would have thought
0: yeah wow yeah this this close to the race mm. but you know, some people have their own formulas, John. Okay, we've got, we've got, we've got next week. We've got. Uh,
1: was this next? Was no, this and then we've got the non-WTC races. We've okay. got the Ironman Two Two Six, the UK Ultimate, yet another race in the UK. We seem to be uh, talking about them almost every week. Yep. Uh, the Peasant Man, you've finished that one. You're a peasant. <laughs> you are a peasant. <laughs> and we've got uh, a new one that I haven't seen come up before: the Mart Haruljula. Memorial Triathlon Estonia. in Estonia. Wow, game on, game on. <laughs> okay, John, uh, that's pretty much news for this week. <laughs> it is. Our uh, sponsor, SLS Tribe, become part of the SLS Tri this Team. This is a cool initiative. Help us grow SLS and get paid to do it. All you need is to get started as a website. No commitment necessary. When your website refers a customer to us, he or she makes a purchase, you earn a commission. So oh, it's pretty, so it's like pretty, affiliate. It's pretty, it's pretty. It's just an affiliate program, which is fantastic. But uh, just a. A way you can make it if you've got a blog or if anything like that, just a way you can maybe, yeah, you know, support. I guess you're supporting one of the sponsors that helps support us, which is fantastic. But also, you know, oh, get these, a little affiliates are good. You, like you're never going to retire from affiliate stuff, but it's a good
0: little kind of can bring income stream in. You can get up to twenty percent commission on the items. Nice. So let's say it's a hundred dollar product, you're going to make. If someone goes into your site and your blog or whatever. And you just have, you know, they go click through and they end up buying something. That means you make twenty bucks for that purchase, mm. and all you do is put a link on your site. Mm.
1: It's a great deal, and it's yeah. um, and it's it's obviously t- targeted. You know, if you've got a, a blog and you're listening to the show, chances are you probably it's probably got quite a bit of triathlon related stuff in it. Can often just go on your Facebook page. And say, hey, uh, this gear is pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so, so check that out. Esls try. Also, um, is there
0: a link that, where they go to do this, John?
1: i uh, I just go to ECLS try and just co- contact Sebastian in there. Um,
0: oh, I'll put a link on top of it by him. Took
1: yeah, me. and. The other thing is make sure you guys um, get yourself some IM Talk race kit. You know, Kiwis and Aussies, season is coming up. If you wanna be getting yourself some kit and you wanna be looking good this summer, they've got the stock of IM Talk gear, they've got the full suit and the one piece and then they've got the the, the two piece and then they've got a bunch of other stuff though, yeah. The Socks for Africa and, uh, the competition. Socks for
0: Africa What you could do is With this affiliate thing Is you could put the link On your Tri Club mm-hmm. And then you could send it out To your Tri Club And say let's go And do a club uniform Based around the SLS gear mm-hmm. And then maybe Get it in together Get it printed And then what's really cool Is that your club Then makes a profit off You know exactly. The purchases And you know Goes towards the You know the Improving the club There you go.
1: So check it out, slstry.com. If you're doing any general purchases, remember to use the promo code IMTalk. And uh, if you're on Facebook, give them an I like or saying that you love the work they do with IMTalk
0: times. Okay, John, we're going an to interview, and you're going to be talking to Torsten.
1: Torsten, the geek. Uh, I can't remember his his, his his nickname at the start there, but he prompted me. No, it's the geek because
0: we didn't officially give him a geek. I just called him a geek once, and he mm. loved it.
1: He does love it. Yeah.
0: And then, uh and then, he, when, then when he donated, we said, "Well, let's just let's just put this in concrete." Yes. Because what we do with the nicknames is we actually go and get some concrete out, lay the it. Yeah, we lay it. Place it in the ground. And so you're you're in the in the iron talk. Foundation forever We could do that You've got a long driveway We could do that almost I have a long driveway It's got a few bumps in it Yeah Because it's tiles Yeah
1: Who thought of that
0: It's crazy Although it is convenient When earthquakes happen Yeah Because when pipes pop You just bring some tiles up Yeah Yeah, Very nice There's always benefits
1: So here comes Torsten Talking uh, all things female And whether it should be equal And also whether the, the, The impact of the new KPR system Okay here we go Righty-ho, very happy to have back on the show um, Mr. Stats himself, I can't even remember what nickname we use him, um, from Try Rating the Geek. the Geek, TryRating.com, Torsten, The Geek is back, uh, how are you Torsten?
2: Hi John, uh, it's good to be back, yeah I'm okay, uh, things are a little hot in Germany right now but um, I guess that's the price you're paying for being in the middle of summer right now.
1: Exactly, middle of winter for us, so I guess... Yeah. Um, yeah, what prompted me to get in touch with you was uh, somebody sent through an article that Rachel Joyce had had posted somewhere. The um, the tron or the Joyceinator, whatever you want to call her.
2: Oh, and she, she prefers Joyceinator, she said. She
1: prefers Joyceinator. <laughs> Good. And
2: to remind you of that. Good. So <laughs> she,
1: she was just sort of you know saying, um, obviously there's not as many females in the sport as males at, at the elite level, but when you actually you know start to have a look at the numbers, you know the girls are, are pretty close and pretty competitive. Competitive. So, whilst they might not have the numbers, um, they are equally as competitive, and maybe they should bolster the number of pro female slots in Kona um, as it stands at the moment. You know, there's quite a few less than the guys. So, Torsten's done some work for us on this, and um, I guess we, if we have a look at one of your recent posts that you did to start with, um, was, it was really around uh, do women have to race more often to get to Kona? So, maybe just tell us a bit about what you discovered when you when you sort of prepared that data. Yeah, there's,
2: there's been some questions and I know Chrissy asked the same question a couple of years ago, whether uh, women, as they need more points to qualify, do they actually have to race more often in order to qualify for Kona? And I looked at the number of uh, races that uh, men and women did and it looks pretty... Pretty much the same um, after you got the first uh, outliers out of the way. I mean, Gina Crawford with her six Ironman distance races and Meredith Kethler was, was a ton of races. They skew the numbers at the front a little bit. But um, it, as you go deeper down the field, it narrows down pretty much the same. Um, mm-hmm. Hardly any noticeable difference of, of Ironman distance races that um, the athletes are doing. Um, there's a little bit of a difference uh, right around the number where the Kona cutoff occurs for the women, uh, around 20 to 35, let's say. Hmm. Uh, women seem to race slightly more, but um, it's it's relatively minor. Hmm. Um, of course, they need a lot of more points, but that's mainly uh, caused by the cutoff being a little bit higher up than, than the men's with the women's cutoff this year coming at um, the number 28. Um, of course, they need more place, more points than the men do where the cutoff occurs at, I think it was 43 this year with the automatic qualifiers in there. Hmm. Um, so th- that's the main explanation why there is a points difference in, in the need to qualify.
1: It's interesting because I wonder if those girls are racing so much because they want to qualify or they, they just enjoy racing. You know, if someone like... You know, you take um, Zena um, Caroline Steffen as an example. You know, she easily qualifies, obviously, but she still races a ton of times.
2: Yes, I think you have uh, types of athletes that just want to race a ton of times. Um, Peter Verbruisek is another example in the in the men's field. They just seem to love to race uh, every other weekend and just uh, get things going. Whereas you have the an, another type of athletes. Um, Proe would be an example. Um, maybe, maybe uh, Rini too. That uh, probably wouldn't race another Ironman if it was their choice, uh, other than mm. Kona. <clears throat> exactly. But um, the way the the system works at this point is that they're forced uh, to race at least one more uh, Ironman, so that's what they do. Mm.
1: So one of the points that Joycey made in the in her her article was that at, say Ironman Frankfurt. The the top ten females and the top ten males uh, that the spread of times between say first and tenth was pretty comparable. Um, have you had a chance to say look at that and maybe some of the other major races and seen whether this does sort of hold true and that that you know that the time spread is pretty similar?
2: Right. Um, well, for, first uh, to build a base for that, um, let's have a look at the the. Um Depth of the fields for men and women, mm. um, because that that would uh, allow us to uh, come up with some some expectations that we would have. Um, basically, if we look at the numbers, we have um, well twice as many men racing in Ironman races than than women. The numbers are a little different, it's more like three and eight and five and eight, mm. but um, almost twice as many men racing in women. Um, so, what we would expect to see is the differences, the time differences between uh, men, men, the men's places and the women's places, um, they should be twice as high for the for the women because if there's half as many athletes, the mm. time difference sh- should be about twice as much. And we don't see that at all. Uh, quite differently, um, the women's top three are usually much closer together uh, than the men uh, that we see. Let's see. I got some numbers there. The media numbers for the women's are five minutes and eleven minutes. So second is five minutes between first, and third is uh, eleven minutes uh, behind the first. Mm. Whereas for a man, that that is seven minutes and twelve minutes uh, across all the Ironman races that we have. Um, that peters out a bit uh, towards the end, where the differences do get higher, but nowhere near as close uh, to the twice as numbers as what would be expected. Mm. So I think the Depth or the the closeness at the front um, for the women is uh, pretty much the same as we see for the men. Or one one other uh, tidbit there, uh, we've seen more changes uh, on the run uh, uh, or, or on the lead during the run for women than what we've seen for men. So the the races on the men's side have been more or less decided after the um, after the bike leg. Hmm. Whereas for the women, we see some more changes during the the later stages of the race there. So women's races, I would say, would be more exciting uh, for than the men's would be.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely in Kona, um, that's oh, been yes. that, that's been the case. You know, there's been multiple lead changes over the last few years. So, so I mean, I guess in your opinion, um, then, you know, does does Joycey have a point that you know maybe we should be having e- equality there, you know. Obviously, the you know the racing is closer. It's just that the quant, the quality is 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 there, but not necessarily the quantity.
2: Um, I think Joycey has a very good point. She's uh, basically her her uh, idea is um, there are fewer uh, women racing than men, but uh, that difference is is not so much uh, at the front end of the race, mm. and uh, women would be able to support an equal number of races as the men's would do and it's just an, a question of equality uh, between the genders and also the question of why do you need have not enough women as as in men i mean if it's just like 15 additional spots on the on the corner pier i guess that's an issue that could easily be overcome
1: mm. um, okay before we move on to you know some of the changes with the kpr anything else you want to add on the i guess the you know the gender issues
2: well, I think one question that Joyce also raised was the question of how, how good is the coverage uh, of, of the women's race as compared to the men. Mm. And that's where she also was quite frustrating. And if you try to follow a lot of the women races, it's it's all mostly quite hard to follow that. Um, WTC does a pretty good job of, of doing that in Kona. Yeah. I guess the women's race was pretty much given similar uh, coverage than than the men's race there. But in other races, it's, it's almost impossible to be able to follow the women's race. And I guess that's one of the things that um, WTC should, should try to address. And maybe there should also be some, some efforts of um, giving the women a, a fairer race. I mean... A lot of times, the women get mixed up in the in the age group race, in the men's age group race, uh, doing some some weird things there. I guess that that was also the cause of all the um, time penalties that the leading mm-hmm. females got in, in Kona. Um, I don't know what what I, I mean. I've got a couple of ideas, but none. I I don't really like many. That, uh, there were some separate women's pro races a couple of years ago in the mm-hmm. north in one of the North American. Um, Ironman races, I don't know if that works um, or maybe you could have the women start um, half an hour or so before the men's race to give them a, a fairer uh, race that uh, just among themselves mm. um, I guess there, there, there could be some some ideas developed that would help them come up with a fairer race and a more or easily to cover race mm. than what we have right now
1: it wouldn't be that hard to put a couple of extra bikes out there and actually get some decent time splits, would I guess? But um, anyway, well... They, they yeah, well,
2: I mean, if, if they come up with a new race or buy a new race, there's always some some slots magically appearing. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: exactly. Um, okay, I, I guess the other area that, that I think you were quite interested in is is the KPR, and, and I think we featured that recently on the show, was that there's been some changes to the system? There, they seem to be weighting the, the 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 championship races more heavily, and yeah, I guess we're just really interested to know if those changes um, are going to make any difference. You know, so if people race the same way that they do at the moment, um, you know, is this going to have any difference in terms of you know giving maybe the I guess the better athletes, the championship athletes, um, more of a chance to qualify versus, say, the ones that do, you know, five different races, the likes of Pete Verbrussik. Um, right. Yeah. You know, what what sort of impact do you see it having?
2: Well, I, the way I see it is that the cutoff cutoffs numbers that the points that are required to make the Kona qualification actually move down. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds a bit surprising at first because Kona moves from a 6000 point race to an 8000 points race and the all the 1000 points race become 2000 points races but the way the um point, points are awarded is they uh, much favor the top races the top finishers now instead of uh, overall applied to the to the field mm-hmm. so that results in the numbers uh, moving down quite quite heavily so the men would be like under 3000 points instead of 3800 as they as they uh, require right now Oh, really? And uh, as you noted, uh, the the um, athletes that would be uh, um, that 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 it would affect negatively are the likes of Pete Brusick or Thomas Gerlach uh, that race a lot and get a lot of points from from all the different races, um, but that don't have the top finishes. Um, you still only have. Uh, can uh, collect uh, five results. Uh, three of these might be 70.3s. So even with, with Pete Verbrucik I don't know how much how many races he had, like eight or 10 this year so far. Mm. Um, he, he would totally move down. He was 13th in the rankings right now. And the way I see it, he would move down to around number, number 50. So he might mm-hmm. qualify in the second round of cutoffs, but certainly not in the first round of cutoffs. And a couple of women races similar to that. Um, instead, the... Um, athletes that are well, at least podium finishes or, or even winners in the race they would move up quite a bit um, most notable examples would be Luke Bell, he, he would move up from 78 right now to number 37 nice. um, or Jenny Henson who recently won uh, in Lake Placid she would move into 25 or some, somewhere around that those would be athletes that would uh, benefit from that and the way I'd see it, probably uh, Marino would uh, um also be in the in the race with his uh, – was was he second or third in, in Melbourne? I'm not quite sure yeah, right was, now.
1: Yeah, he was either, either second or third. You're right there. It was right. Yeah, I think – I can't remember. So I, thought, that, I think that, he
2: was third. That one result would would probably have been enough to qualify for him and then he wouldn't have had to race uh, Jeremy or at least not have to uh, go through the his, his death march uh, aggravating his injury. So Marina would probably be the most notable example of athletes that um, – would actually benefit from would have benefited from the new system because he he would have been in um, with just his Melbourne result and not had to go through Frankfurt then. So that
1: so that very much sounds you know if we give WTC a pat on the back most of the pros the top pros seem to be saying that they they wanted a system like this where. They, they get rewarded for racing very well at the championship races. And, and when, when I went through that KPR list um, on the show a few weeks ago, you know, I guess Marino was probably really the one that, that you know, he still had a fantastic Melbourne, and he is one guy that could change the, the face of the, the Kona race, and we want to see him yes. there. But, yes. but now he's, he's in real danger of not making it.
2: Well, either he's not making it, or even if he does make it, he'll probably just be on the recovery from his injury. And I don't know, even if he does come in through points, whether he would be in, in, in top shape. Mm-hmm. So, so he, well, I, do, I have a couple of uh, things I don't like so much about the new system.
1: Yeah, far away. <laughs> Go for it.
2: Uh, the way I see it, if you're racing, say, between 5th and 10th place in a P2000 race, uh, as a professional and you want to qualify for Kona there's not much sense in, in duking it out there. Mm. So, the way I would see it is there will be some additional number of uh, I, I call them strategic DNFs where they find out they're too far behind on the bike and then just decide to call it a day and try to race uh, race the next race after that.
1: Mm. Mm. I, um,
2: I don't know there have been too many examples out there but um, I'm, I'm sure that we will see some more of that uh, if people really want to qualify for Kona. Yeah. So do,
1: do you think this, this KPR system is is the way to go or do you have suggestions on on what else they could do to, to make it a better system?
2: Well, the way I see it, the KPR system has been very good in the past of choosing, let's say, the right athletes. And there are always these these weird cases like Merino uh, that mm. um, um, occur. And um, I think the new system is is doing it an even better job than what it has been in the past. Um, the thing that, uh, or the, the, the issue that WTC did net, not address uh, at this point is, um, if, if we say the system has been good in choosing the right athletes, um, is the system a good way of making sure that these athletes race in Kona in the best shape that they can be? Mm. And I think that's, that's been the point of contention about the KPR, uh, the mandatory qualifiers, um, people having to race late in the season in, say, the August races, just to make sure that they get to Kona. And I think that's that's the main issue that, that needs to be addressed. And the um, minor changes in the, in the qualifying uh, point system, um, I think they're not addressing the main issue that, that we have with the KPR.
1: Hmm. I, I, I don't know if you've ever looked at this before, but I think in tennis and maybe in golf and and sports like that, they have a their ranking system is spread over I think a much longer period. Maybe you carry your points for two years, and and the weighting of points changes as you progress through that two years. Have you ever looked at anything like that, and whether that would be applicable to 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 Ironman racing?
2: Well. For for the ranking system, I think that that's absolutely the case, and that's what I'm doing for for my uh, long-term ratings. Uh, but I guess for Kona qualification, you don't want to make that um, a Kona race like kind of a closed club where it's really hard to get into. Mm. And that's also one one of the things that that Joycey noted for the, for the women. If you have the top ten from last year, all all almost automatically qualifying for the next year's Kona, then you only have 25 spots left for the women instead mm-hmm. of like 40 for the men. Um, so I, I would be uh, real careful in coming up with a system that that really enhances this this uh, closed club system. Mm-hmm. I think for Kona, um, if, if someone like like a merino uh, misses Kona for one year, I think he'll he'll come back next year with even more fire in his belly and trying to win the race. Really? Um, I don't think that's that's the main issue, but we should have um, enough open spots for the new and up and coming athletes uh, to actually make it to Kona. Realistically, make it to Kona, um, in order for them to really be uh, racing all the all the different races around the calendar that we have. Mm.
1: Um, okay so in, in terms of uh, tryrating.com, um you know we're, we're really well into the season now and really getting into the the tail end of the the qualifying period has there been many surprises for you this year in terms of um, results or predictions that you've either got right or got i mean i know you don't necessarily get them wrong the stats get them wrong but right. been many surprises for you this year hmm threw that one um, at you, you see- i know it didn't, didn't give you a chance <laughs> to prepare <laughs> no,
2: that's okay i don't think we've seen too many surprises i mean uh, a lot of times um we we've uh, seen the athletes that that uh did have or at least you know the the winners almost always come from the top three or four or five seeded uh athletes so um the I, I would i would be more interested in in how kona turns out this year mm. um you usually see at least one or two surprises in 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 the top 10 athletes that we have there and i'm i'm really looking forward to who who that who's that going to be this year mm. um there there are quite a number of of uh, athletes that are in Kona for the first time and i'm really looking forward to how they're going to uh, perform in Kona
1: mm. um oh, i just had another question on the tip of my tongue and i've i've just lost it um uh oh, lost it. Uh, tell tell us a bit about your Ironman betting, um, because I know it was a, a little mm. while ago with with Roat and uh, and Germany. Did anybody have go marvelously well with their picks, and and did you participate in the the betting as well? And how <laughs> did you go?
2: Well, I didn't participate because because I'm running the uh, the site together with my friend uh, Luke Draxler, who who manages to come up with the amazing prices. Yeah. Uh, we were giving out a, a time trial bike for. Uh, the person that uh, got the podium uh, right. And unfortunately, we ha- he had to pay up for that. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, one person... Uh- by the name of Torbjörn Sinbale who got the <laughs> uh, road both of the, the road podiums right, men's and women's, completely right, all the, all the right names and all the right order. <laughs>
1: wow, that's pretty impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I don't know if we uh, let him play again next time or what. How we're we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he was he was uh, either lucky or uh, really knows his stuff there. Yeah,
1: that's impressive.
2: Yeah, what we did is is we posted uh, uh, a chance for people to come up with their own predictions for the races and uh, p- a point system to uh, award some some uh, uh, outsiders uh, placing high and uh, award prices on those that came up with the best bets. And we're probably going to do that again for, for Kona this year. I mean, the, the tricky thing with these uh, normal Ironman races is basically you don't know uh, until Two or three days before the race, who's actually going to start? Mm-hmm. Uh, with Kona, the nice thing is we we will know by the end of August, uh, pretty much who's who's uh, going to start, and we have a longer period where people can submit their bets and come up with ideas. What's what'll be going on? Mm-hmm. And hopefully that'll that'll help us make uh, build a bit more buzz around it. But it's been a fun thing, and um, lots of interesting things going on.
1: Um, just out of interest, how how do your tri ratings at the moment, in terms of Ironman athletes, um, compare against the the KPR? It's a
2: it's a pretty close system. I mean, the the differences uh, would be, say, athletes like like Pete Vabrusik. He he races a ton of times and um, comes up pretty high in the system uh, with just racing a lot. Um, I I don't reward that. Um, in in my uh, rating system i just look at the finishing times and build an average of of, of, of the finishing times mm. so what, what i end up is it's pretty easy to get high in the ra- rankings if you're if you're a new athlete um, but um, compared to that um, well i don't think the kpr was built uh, to uh, properly assess say the top 10 mm. uh, if you're in the in the top 10 uh, you don't really care if you're Third or fourth or fifth, mm. uh, maybe you want to try to win the the KPR system overall. But I guess after Kona, the top spots have more or less been decided with with Lienda winning both the seventy point three and the and and in Kona and um, uh, Sebastian Kielner winning in in Las Vegas and also placing very well in 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 Kona. So the the top spots have been more or less decided after that. Mm. Whereas for the rankings, uh, in, or my rankings, we have uh, uh, Andreas uh, Rilat still in, in, in the first spot with his overall good results, um, no real bad results w- within his rankings, but still not the, the top result that he's probably <laughs> looking for. Yeah. And for the women at this point, I still have Rini on top, um, even after her not so stellar race in, in, I don't know where did she race, Flora I think this year, yeah. just to validate her spot. Um, but it'll be an interesting Kona again this year.
1: It will. Um, so, anything anything else happening with tri rating in terms of uh, you know and how people can help support you?
2: Well, I got a cu- couple of questions uh, with some of the smaller races, and that's that's a tricky thing to look look into. Um, I had a look at, at Norseman and um, uh Weinman in the US, Ostman here in Germany, and, and a couple of qu- people asked me about Outlaw. Um, usually. Well, what the the uh, athletes that I'm looking at is is the pros, and mm-hmm. it's tricky to find enough pros in these smaller races that don't don't have a pro category to come up with a meaningful number of data points for me to do an anal- analysis. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sorry for some some of them, but but it's I, I can't really do much with these uh, smaller uh, non-pro races to come up with uh, decent results. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, it's been fun to do that uh, on an ongoing basis. I mean, I have the the system pretty much uh, automated right now, so it's not that much work, and I'm getting ready to uh, write another uh, rating report for Kona. Hopefully, I'll have that done by the end of the month, uh, as soon as the August qualifiers have been finished and finalized, and we can have a a halfway stable uh, starting list for Kona and uh, I'm I've got a couple of ideas what I want to put in there uh, with uh, predictions and strengths of the the different strengths of the athletes who's a good runner, who's a good biker, mm. and how the Kona race might might unfold uh, in in October.
1: Because so I think um, you've often pointed out and, and I point this out from time to time on the show that it's often the guys that are winning races in June, July, and August are, are not often the ones, maybe on the guys' side, that, that actually go on to win Kona. it's uh, they're, they're generally fairly quiet in the middle of the year at Ironman Racing.
2: Right, and I think that's what we've seen with a, with a lot of uh, uh, athletes that did place well in Kona last year. They, they tried to use their fitness and then uh, do, a, say, in, a November or December race in order just to uh, nail up their spot. And then do the call or the the build up that they want to do. Mm. I mean, we haven't heard anything from from Rini, more or less this year. Um, Leander's been had an injury, I think, but Mm. she's gearing up again. Um, But then you have athletes like like Meredith Kessler, who seems to be racing uh, every weekend unless she she crashes and has to be (laughs) in the hospital for a couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's just amazing amazing stuff with her.
1: She does like to go to hospital fairly regularly, doesn't she?
2: I don't think she likes it, but um, uh, hopefully she got her big crash out of the way for this year.
1: Yeah. Oh, Torsten, it's, um, it's always a pleasure having you on the show and also a pleasure going to your website every week because you seem to have the news up there before um, a lot of the event organisers have it on their website, so I don't know where I'd be without your site. Um, we'd certainly be doing a lot less previews of races, so thanks again for your time. Um, always appreciate it and uh, love having you on the show.
2: I'm glad I could help, and thanks for having me again. Talk to you soon. His thoughts?
1: I think probably the, the interesting thing... is I haven't listened to it. Yeah, so, so the, is, is the impact of the new KPR based on his analysis there, you know, I think one of the key things he said is it's really going to reward the athletes that perform at the top level races, and for the guys in the the, the, in the sort of Pete Vabrusics of this world who race regularly, um, those are going to be the guys that Suffer are going to get penalised a bit okay. more. And the, in my opinion, that's the way it probably should be. Is uh, we want the guys that, that the, the best, the best that, that perform on the big stage, being at Kona. And well, so, what so about I the like girls? It. What was he saying about that? Well, interestingly, you know, and I would assume, you know, uh, <laughs> <I've> <laughs> careful. careful, careful, careful. <laughs> is yeah, you know, it's obvious. There's a lot more guys, pro guys, racing than there is females, and I think you know he summarized it really nicely is is the the quality of the girls is is equal um to the to the guys, and it's just they don't have the quantity there in terms of you know the, the second depth field, of fields de- field. so um so his,
0: his point is that split is actually fair.
1: No, that it's not, it's not oh. necessarily fair that we, we, we should see... Um, more females. Females. And I think probably one of the really interesting things he pointed out is the female race is often a lot more exciting statistically. is a lot closer, especially in Kona, and you see more lead changes. And I think that was another key thing that he said is often for guys racing, you get off the bike. And you're in the lead pretty early, if not leading off the bike and it stays that way. Whereas in the girls racing you see a lot more changes on the on the runs. So um so I think it's a fair point. I, I went into this initially thinking, you know yeah, you know, maybe girls shouldn't have quite as many because there's You're not a as a sexist pig, and uh, <laughs> and there's not as many in the the field as there is guys, and yep. so it's, a, it's it's a quantity thing. And but you know, I, I've got to say that I've been swayed a little bit, and I, and I and I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be a few more girls um, in there. But, but it's was the uh,
0: point about the exciting. Now, admittedly, we had that period where Chrissy kind of took the excitement out of the racing because she was just so dominant, mm. and even the year where she did you know couldn't swim she still mm. ended up bloody winning the thing but you know you think of last year's race and mm. you had all four you know the top contenders in the game like it was it was it was the race wasn't it
1: yeah but i will go back to my point that people who aren't and that we have a couple of people outside of this but if you're not in the top 50 and you're not in the top 35 you're probably not going to influence the race significantly probably not um, so my point
0: says what about the young people developing themselves mm. So, a little bit in the end. so,
1: so I, I wouldn't see any reason why you couldn't bump up the, the girls' field and, and keep it equal. I don't think it would, you know. What's the cost? So, lot.
0: like, if you say fifteen slots,
1: well, it's fifteen age groupers that potentially might not and fit what on pier.
0: What, what do you cost?
1: Well, let's let's say it's, let's let's call it seven hundred fifty bucks. Okay, so it's about so 10, grand. 10, ten grandish. Yeah. So, um yeah, not a lot of costs, but I don't know. Mm, yeah, interesting.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, uh, thanks, Dawson, for coming on the show. It's John's sponsor.
1: Sponsor, what are we doing here, Bevan? Execute. We, execute.
0: Extreme Endurance Execute. Now, Execute is the their,
1: their drink, isn't it? It, it is. I it's, and, and, uh, it's really interesting. I had a, an athlete, John Duda, um, right. from La Trobe. He was saying that he used it pre-race the other day, and he had a fantastic race. He's been on the Extreme Endurance before. And with things like ex, Execute and stuff, uh, with Extreme Endurance, you know it's working after the race when you can become less sore and and you can attribute, if you have a great race, you can say, well, maybe that was part of the reason. Execute um, is another thing you can add add to the mix. You can you can add it with uh, it's basically a, a chocolate or vanilla flavored um, drink, and you mix it in. And you've got and it's it's like a protein powder sort of thing, but it's obviously it's not protein powder. But he he used it before a race, and he had a fantastic race, and it was the first time he's tried it, and he'd had a f- bit of an up and down season, and. Uh, and found it to be work really, really well for him. So it's certainly something I'm going to try in the future. I've used it as a product um, in training for, for recovery, um, but I haven't used it pre-race, so I'm pretty excited about giving, giving it a go. So if you take extreme endurance 17-19 minutes before exercise, it allows the lactic blood concentration to rise. This allows muscles to utilise lactate as an energy fuel earlier and helps raise the lactic threshold. By using lactate as a fuel energy source, the blood plasma becomes more alkalizing and helps the body lower its acid pH, thereby raising the lactic acid threshold, which translates into less muscle burn and less muscle soreness. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a crack in, in, uh, in upcoming races. And whether it's better for short or long, we might need to get um, Sandy on to just sort of discuss that stuff. But it's um, certainly worth a crack, Nige. Worth a crack, Nige. It uh, is worth his crack, isn't it, Nige? 44 bucks, 85 for, for a container of that. And, uh, and yeah, I've used it, as I said, in, in training for making smoothies and, and just as, as a really nice recovery boost. Um, but I haven't used it pre-race, and, and that's obviously one of the objectives of it. So check it out, xendurance.com, um, and it's called Extreme Execute. And remember, you can use the promo code IMTALK5, and you get 5 bucks off. Okay, good times. Okay, next up we've got an interview, and we're talking to... Righty-ho, so we, we are talking to Drew Hartman from Perf Pro. So if you do a search for Perf Pro in Google, you should be able to find it, or you go to Perf Pro Studio. Dot com, I think it is. Me You've just... got you've got here
0: mentioned banging in the second half. We Drew lost his
1: way. Yes. Yeah, so so I, was, I was doing an interview. And I can't remember what time of the day it was. Um, I was doing the interview with Drew, and he, he was a bit worried after the interview because I don't know maybe about halfway, two thirds of the way through it, there's this banging in the background. And it sounds like somebody's banging a bloody hammer. And when I listened back to it, I couldn't really hear it. So I just said, I oh, will just I'll just roll with it. But he was a bit worried afterwards because uh, he sort of lost his way a little bit when he was talking because he, he, he's concentrating <laughs> trying to concentrate and there's banging in the background. <laughs> and enough. I said, I oh, don't. Worry about it. We have bloody couriers coming in yeah. and out of the, the show, and I just—he just, just wouldn't—he was worried he was going to sound like a dick when uh, when that happened. He, he felt and he lost his way a bit. But so we're basically talking about some some fantastic software, and, and we've actually had this as a, a website of the week a while ago, and as uh, people who have, who've been endorsing it and recommending it and, and as I said in the intro really where it's powerful is you can use it as an analytical tool which we go into with, with Drew but also for me in a group setting and this might just be you and a few mates um, getting your trainers together and you can really set things up really nicely and and have all your stats up on the, on the big screen you can do a variety of different courses you can analyse things and you can see what's going on and, and you, you do a lot of RPM Bevan and, yeah, and, and it's spin- that group setting passes, yeah. and, and this can just it's just adds another interesting element to it and if you're lining yourself up for a winter of training whether it be you know um, Kiwis and Aussies training for Kona or whether you be North American athletes or UK athletes that are training through your winter and you want a bike focus having these um, tools can act as a fantastic distraction but can also enhance your performance and making your training as specific as, as you can. Um, so it's it's really cool stuff and so so listen up, if you're interested in getting this, I, I said to, to, to Drew, have you got any promo code? If you use the code IMTalk2013 and it's case sensitive so you need to go I M. In capitals and then T in capitals. And then Talk Twenty Thirteen. I am Talk Twenty Thirteen with I M T in capitals. You use that as a promo code. Um, you get a nice discount off the the product. So listen up and hear about some cool software.
0: Okay, here's uh, Drew. was it Drew? Drew. Here's Drew right now.
1: Right. Over the last few weeks, I've been investigating uh, getting a bunch of trainers for a, for a junior program I'm setting up here, and I'm, I'm not interested in just getting the the Cheap and Cheerful just win trainers because we've got about 30 or 40 of those already. But I'll be looking into a bunch of trainers and trying to figure out what the best way to set up a group environment for for the kids in our program. And by kids, I'm talking sort of high school age kids. And a couple of people have put me on to our guest today, Drew Hartman, who runs, has got a little software studio called Perf Pro Studio. So welcome along to the show, Drew. Thank you. All right, first up, um, I always like to hear about people's background before we sort of start digging into into products or um, or talking about applications. So, give us your background in terms of uh, what you've done in, in the triathlon world.
3: Well, uh, in the triathlon world, see, I got I got into running in the late '90s, and then got kind of bored of it. I, I saw some triathlons going on. I love the science behind it, so I got into that, and then shortly after that, I got into the bigger distances. Uh, half Ironman, Man, then Iron Man distances. And then I've been doing that for probably the last 15 years with uh, a little bit of a break now, starting a family, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so, and then did a very, uh, a bunch of other little things. We did, oh, it was like a 24 uh, hour triathlon I did with a couple guys in, oh, that was in Denver a couple years ago. And we actually won it. So how, how, how did a 24 hour triathlon work? Well, they had, course setup that was a tenth of an Ironman, yeah and so the the swim bike run were a tenth of the distance yeah and you just did is the the guy that the team that with the most laps won cool so, yeah yeah it was pretty cool and then you could kind of break it up so when we thought it was getting a little hot we just started banking up all our swims and all our bikes and then we just did all our running at night and then that worked out for the best Cool,
1: nice work. And and what about your you know obviously you've got a you obviously have got a, a coding background. What, what sort of brought about um, obviously looking at doing some triathlon related products?
3: Well, I have a computer science degree, um, and I work for a pretty large insurance company doing that. Um, that's that's sort of my day job. And then so when I got into triathlon and eventually got a a, a copy trainer. I saw this data that was out there that I really couldn't get at. So, what I ended up creating was Perpro Analyzer, just the just the analyzing piece. Yeah. And uh, so, with that, that started like around 2005, 2006. And so, with that, I was able to start mashing up the data and kind of get the things I wanted. Got kind of a grassroots, I guess, group of people that got into it. But then um, eventually, like around, well, I guess it was about two or three years ago, um, I kind of started digging into the trainer itself and started to figure it out a little bit. And and once that kind of happened, and things have sort of kind of exploded. So as far as, you know, being able to, to write the, the app that controlled the trainer and then have it go right to the, to the analyzing piece and then analyze your data. So that's kind of how Perf Pro Studio came about. And it's really taken off sense. So maybe
1: before we go into into the software and, and how all this stuff works, can you maybe explain to people the different levels of trainers that um, you can obviously get out there? Because of course there's the cheap and cheerful ones, but maybe explain how they work as you sort of maybe move through the different different price points and um, and, and maybe just... Just, just a, a a quick synopsis of them, and 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 then getting to the level of like the um, the compy trainer and the kicker and and things like that, and, and the difference between them and say just having a standard magnetic trainer.
3: Okay. Well, yeah. If you have just the if you have just the the standard fluid or, or mag trainer, uh, you can still use it with Perf Pro, and and but what you what you don't get is the is the control. So. Perf Pro can't control those trainers, obviously. Hmm. Um, but but if you have a, a either a power tap, you know, some sort of power meter uh, that's ANT enabled um, with an ANT stick, you can plug that ANT stick in. Perf Pro will pick it up, and you can start riding with power, and you'll see your power. So you can still do the workouts and still try to hold a, a certain amount of watts for a certain amount of time, and so you still get the benefit, and you still get all the data analysis and everything with that. But as I mentioned, you just don't get the control. Now, if you don't have a a power meter, you can still use uh, an ANT-enabled speed sensor. Yep. And kind of a popular one's like a Garmin that's got the speed and the cadence together.
2: Hmm.
3: And if with that, what you can do is if you've got a uh, one of the supported trainers, Mag or Fluid trainers that's on my system, and I have about four hundred of them. Yeah. You can actually it'll actually figure out the it knows the power curve for that particular trainer. So as as the speed goes up, it can from that power curve it can determine what your watts are. Right. So you know, so then what you got is with just a, a 30 or 40 dollar speed sensor, you can then ride with power once again and do and get all the analysis again. It's just not going to be as accurate, yeah. But um but it should be fairly consistent if you you know, inflate your tire to the same pressure or you put the same resistance on every time, that kind of thing. Cool. So that part's pretty cool. So. Oh, you, go ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. Oh, and then, so, and then when you want to get into the, into the really, really cool stuff, then you can look into either a copy trainer or the other supported trainer that I can control, which is the Nora Wahoo kicker. Yeah. And so with those particular ones, I can control the resistance through the workout. So, if you have a workout that's FTP-based, functional threshold power-based, you can put in the percentages for that workout. And let's say you have to ride 80% for 10 minutes. It'll put, it'll figure out after you've done your FTP testing, it'll say, well, okay, I have a, I have a 200 FTP and I have to ride at 80%. It's going to put the load on for you and then make you accountable and make you ride that load. Hmm. So then you've got accountability throughout the entire workout and you can't back off. So, <laughs> a,
1: a, a lot of people um, find when they're when they're on the trainer that their, their their values and their FTP and their heart rate is significantly um, lower than what's what's on the road. What, what's your sort of experience with that?
3: Yeah, it um, it I guess it just kind of depends. Uh, really, the you know speeds are going to be a little bit lower, but if you're doing FTP workouts, then speed doesn't matter. Mm. But power itself, uh, you know, I think it's just you may get that just because of um, perhaps it's a windier day and you're mm. kind of going by, by perceived effort. So suddenly your watts will go up mm. and then later on you'll pay the price. Mm. Or, um, you know, maybe you're on a very hilly course. So your watts are kind of going up a little bit more yep. uh, at those kind of things. So, yeah, it can it can definitely steer things around a little bit.
1: So, if we take a step back, because we've sort of talked a bit about trainers, but actually looking at um, the Perf Pro Studio and and actually what it is, if we if we look at it from a from an individual's perspective, and we can go into group stuff in a moment, but you know, so, so if somebody's sitting back and listen to the first part of this interview and they're going, "I still don't really understand what it what it's all about," can you just explain in a nutshell what Perf Pro is? Yeah, you know, it's it's and and. What sort of what what it gives? Assuming somebody has either a, a power meter or has a um, a trainer or a kicker or, or one of the or something similar to that.
3: Well, what it, it what it mainly allows you to do is very structured workouts, or you can ride. You know, if you've got a comp trainer, or you can ride indoor courses. Um, so, and then with that, during that uh, during the rides themselves. You've got access to all kinds of data at your fingertips. It's it's all there. You can you can toggle through all kinds of data screens, that kind of thing, to see what you're doing. Uh, you can graph things while you're riding, you can see, you know, certain spikes and everything everything there. So the, the riding experience on the computer is 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 pretty good. And so once the ride is complete though, that's where then you've got the other side, the analyzer piece. And you can mash all that data up and so to look at one particular performance it's pretty cool you can kind of see what you're doing and what you've done but then after that you know after let's say 50 days of training now you can really start mashing it up and seeing just how well you're improving you know what your training stress balance might be um, just to see if you're you're peaking up to get ready for your race mm-hmm. so it, it provides all that to to kind of get you ready to go
1: Cool, and and I, I guess what's probably got me most excited about it is the the group group functionality of it because as as I said earlier on, you know, I'm trying to set up a program for probably about ten to fifteen um, kids in, in a room, and we're looking for a solution where they can uh, they can basically basically we're doing it because. To do traffic management for, for kids and stuff is just a nightmare, and it's very very costly. So it's we're going to be doing it at the pool. They'll swim, they'll come out, they'll jump on the bike, and then they'll, they'll we want to, them to be able to do like a, a ten kilometre time trial, um, and then run off and, and go for a run, and then also using it for for adult group training sessions. So maybe explain how it works in in a group setting.
3: Well, well and you can there's well at the group setting you can do. Different types of workouts. You can ride the courses. You can um, do the the FTP workouts. Um, and then what's kind of cool too is you can add video to the workouts. So uh, you know, sufferfest have gotten really popular. The sufferfest videos and PerfPro comes standard with all those workouts that go with the videos. Mm-hmm. So when it's saying ride really hard, you know, it, the, let's say ride is at at an eight to out of ten effort. Uh, the workouts themselves have that calculated to figure out what your FTP is going to be and you have to actually ride that. So it's entertaining in that aspect in a group, in a group setting, as well as, as well as a single rider, um, situation. But, um, so, but when you've got all the riders together and they're all seeing the same thing, they can get into it. And then all at the same time, they're all doing the same effort based off of their own FTP. So everyone's riding at their own intensity, Um, without having to worry about competing against the person next to you just because they, they ride faster or whatever. So, um, so in, in a group aspect, it's pretty good. And then from, from the the studio side of things uh, it's really good at doing the athlete management. So uh, l- let's say you have to kind of get 50 people that week ready to do an FTP test. It, it's got the built-in FTP testing. And when it's done, it'll figure out what your FTP is. It'll, it'll, it'll update your FTP for you and update your zones, your heart rate zones, everything. And so now you've got all 50 people updated and you really didn't have to do a whole lot more than just have them test. Mm. You didn't have to go through each person and update their thing and, you know, I mean, update their, their zones and everything manually. It'll just do it for you. So, yeah. So from, from a management aspect, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty strong to, uh, to, to, uh,
1: to make happen so for somebody who's never done anything like this before when you talk about the 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 software controlling the trainer um that basically means you you either ride it or you don't is that correct
3: right yeah it's it's basically having the computer put the resistance on for you that's probably the easiest way to think of it
1: so if you're having a bad day it can be can get pretty ugly pretty quickly
3: Yeah, it can. And then um, like if you have a copy trainer or even just your keyboard handy next to you, you can always back that that resistance off if you have to. You know, let's you know, let's just say you're just not feeling it. You can say, well, my FTP is going to I'll just set the resistance so that my workouts only 95 percent of what I really meant to do. And so you still get the workout and it just wasn't what you really wanted
1: cool so what about um, and again I'm just thinking about my situation here is as if you've got um, if you've got say for us we've got 10 to 12 people in a room and you're not you haven't done the FTP testing or anything like that and you want them to go and do you know as I said like a swim bike run sort of session is there any way where you can um, just sort of neutralize it and or do you have to have a load sort of pre-programmed in?
3: No, there's there's a there's a bunch of different modes that you can ride it in. But one of them is a manual mode. And so you could just say everybody rides at, at 50% of this or that or you can just have them adjust the the resistance to whatever they want. Mm. So so if it's, you know, the first time riding, you can just have them do whatever they need to do to make the ride a uh, a good workout. Mm. Um, and so you've
1: said you, know, you can you can set intervals based off this um, I guess the, the other question that's is running through a lot of people's minds is first I've got to get a uh, you know got to get a, a compatible trainer but but also what sort of hardware are you going to require to, to have all this set up
3: well you know it all starts with a, a PC and if you've got a studio you, you probably want to get a desktop and, uh, and it should be a little bit newer you know it should probably be running Windows 7 uh, 64-bit. Something a little bit bigger, and just, especially if you're thinking you have 10 or 15 trainers in there. Mm. Uh, so it starts with the PC there, and then you're going to have um, the the ant-enabled part of it. And the one thing I didn't mention about all the about all the ant stuff is that with just the one ant stick, you know, uh, one of those Garmin ant sticks that you can purchase, you know, off of Amazon or whatever. Um, just that one ant stick, you could have. 20 people in the room and they're all wearing a, a heart strap and a cadence sensor and all that. And it'll pick them all up. Mm-hmm. So with that one ant stick, now you're ta- you now you're bringing in all the data off of all, you know, everything that they have mm-hmm. and it's being displayed up on the screen for them. And so it's more than just the power meters. It's cadence sensors, heart straps. And then eventually I'm going to probably look at maybe foot pods. So you can hop off the bike and actually run on a treadmill and it'll, you can have a runner display. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that so the two main things at that point would be the the pc and ant stick and then if you plan on doing video you, you'll you'll probably want a pretty decent video card mm. um with you know a decent amount of of memory and that kind of thing um and so and that's that's only important if if you do really do plan on doing a lot of video if not it's it's not a big deal mm. and um and if you have a lot of people uh, uh a projector, so like a dual monitor type situation. Yeah. That's always very ha- uh, handy to have. Um, but otherwise, it's it's fairly simple. I would have to say to to get you set up, and um, you can get as big as you want with the PC, but it doesn't have to be monster. It uh, Perf Pro does a pretty good job of handling even even the older Windows XP type setup.
1: Cool. So, how does it sort of work in terms of doing virtual reality races, and and you, you talked about video as well. Because the other day, I did a little session on um on the on a tax trainer and did a little virtual reality ride, which was which was pretty cool. Um, how does it sort of work on that front? So, can you integrate uh, videos in and have different riders at different positions, and it will tell you where you are on on the course, and 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 can you toggle sort of through screens to see you know maps of GPS maps and things like? like that
3: well you can um you know the the straight on video like by doing like a like an ftp workout everybody would ride together and see the same video at the same point Hmm. now if you want to do virtual type virtual course type things you can actually go out and and ride your route um, with your garmin or whatever you're using to to record the, the ride and if you've got a let's say a gopro or some kind of video set up you can actually then take the video and uh, associate it with that Garmin. And from there you can then ride your, your virtual course. Now, obviously it takes a little bit more than that. You're going to want to do some, some producing. And if you've ever done it, it, <laughs> it does take a little bit of time, right? Yeah. Um, it's probably why, you know, you, it's, it's probably why you see some of the places that do some virtual riding, you know, they're, they're why, you know, it's why they charge what they charge. Yes. There's just a lot of time involved, but once you've got that figured out and for you, it's just time. And there's really no money. Um, you can associate those two and ride it. Now in a group setting, it gets a little complicated because um, you're seeing the, you're seeing the video up on the screen, but really who's controlling the speed of the video based off of what you did when you originally rode that. Mm. So that, that that's the, that's the hard part. So with Perf pro, what it does, is it takes the first rider or whoever you decide is the, like the leader of the day. And they actually control the speed of the video while you're, while you're riding. Mm. So it, in a group setting, the virtual stuff probably isn't as great, and there's probably not a, really a whole lot you can do unless you've got multiple video screens going on, mm-hmm. and and that can get pretty complex. But um, certainly, the FTP type workouts with video is probably a little bit more popular. But you can certainly do the the virtual stuff, and as when you and when you hit the hill, if you've got your your production set up well, when you hit the hill, you'll feel the hill mm. and. And that kind of thing, and it's it's no different than all the other virtual, virtual reality type um, software packages that are out there.
1: So if you if you're doing it outside of a group uh, situation in an individual setting, then uh, then it's all sweet when you see the hill in front of you. As you said, if it's set up correctly, then you'll feel that hill. Yep, no doubt. Cool. Oh, this is all pretty exciting. I mean, uh, from a selfish standpoint of view, you know, I'm I'm really looking at getting this done, which was part of the reason for for getting you getting you on the show. But I just once I started finding more more about it, I thought, you know, this is just going to be really cool for for little training groups. You know, we, I've done trainer sessions with three or four in a garage, and um, and just having people around is is great. But if you're actually doing a session where you can all be doing the same workout with the load adjusted to to factor in the different abilities, I think it's um, it's it's pretty awesome. So, what what other developments are there out there that you see that you know maybe you're getting you're getting excited about? I know you're doing quite a bit with the the kicker guys. Um, you know, what's what's out there that you think is uh, going to be pretty cool coming up?
3: Yeah, I think I think what the kicker guys are doing is 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 pretty good. And and um, probably the the one little thing they're they're probably lacking in a studio environment right now is is a handlebar controller where you know, the, the copy trainer, they've got one it's wired up. And, you know, so an individual rider in a studio setting can control what they're seeing on the screen. If they want to see stats while they're, or uh, graphs while they're riding, they can do that. They can toggle through some things. So with the kicker, they don't quite have that yet, but I'm working with them and they're extremely flexible on making certain things happen. So, um, so I'm pretty excited about, about what they're going to be able to deliver. And it's going to be probably an Ant-enabled handlebar controller, so wireless. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm kind of seeing there. Um, and then I, I I just really try to listen to my customers as much as I can. So, you know, some of the things that um, – uh, one thing that in particular that's kind of lacking um, while you're riding, uh, let's say, courses, that kind of thing – is the uh is if you if you wrote if the original performance file was was from outside um it's possible that you didn't have um uh, or i'm sorry what you'll end up with is you could use a if you could associate it with a map then it would show the map so yeah. um uh, so that, that's what i'm I, it doesn't have right now so what i'd like to end up having is some type of google type map and have so you can kind of see where you're at wherever you rode previously
1: very cool. Um, so give, give us a bit of a plug about your website, where people can come and find out a bit more about um, about what you do.
3: They can go out to uh, perprostudio.com.
1: Awesome. Um, now, I'm looking forward to getting my uh, teeth stuck into this. So, And what about your, your racing front? Have you got any uh, anything on the agenda this year? Any mountain bike races or anything coming up?
3: Yeah, i got a couple more mountain bike races and uh, not much for triathlons right now. I've just kind of taken a little break, but um, – uh, uh but probably soon enough, I think. <laughs> I'm starting to get the bug again. So um yeah, I'm I'm kinda ready to start hitting the pool again.
1: Awesome, Oh, Drew thanks for your time, I really appreciate it and uh, hopefully you guys out there now know a bit more about how you might be able to to set up a either a group sit situation or, or just for your own personal training how you might be able to take it to the next level because most of us have to suffer through some sort of winter depending on which part of the world you're in and uh, this might be one way of making your biking just a little bit easier so thanks for coming on the show Drew. Thank you John.
0: Okay, Jombo. So, um, Jumbo, it is interesting. I think one of the great things—I know I haven't listened to the interview again—but I, th- I think one of the great things about these types of tools is. A, it helps with motivation, but B, like, for a lot of people out there, winter training is really tough. And, oh, and like, yeah. you know, we talk about Christchurch winters being a bit hard, but it's pretty really, soft, eh? yeah, you can train through Christchurch winters. You, you need good gear and there's the odd day you won't go out, but you can kind of get through the winter. Whereas a lot of people out there, I remember talking to Melina and he was coaching a guy who basically for four months a year can't train outside, mm. you know. And, and so for those people out there, imagine if you could get your mates together, you know, just, you may, You wouldn't do it every day of the week, but maybe on two weekend rides, mm. get together in one person's garage, you put on this thing and you create a, it. Because it's, it's all about creating environments that make you better. Mm-hmm. And if you can create an environment that makes you better and, and using a tool like this tool, it, you know, it just helps you to, to get better quality sessions in, and that's ultimately the aim of these types of tools.
1: So these these new trainers, and, and we don't have any association to any of them. That you know, whether you go the Kicker route, or you or the Compu Trainer, or the uh, the bushido or any any of those um, routes they're pretty big investments you know a thousand bucks for most of these trainers um, is, is sort of where you're, where you're looking at starting at but you factor that into the big picture if, if, you know you, you pay almost that in a bloody race entry fee and if, if this can make a big difference to your training over you know a fairly long crappy winter if you're going to spend some time on the trainer man I would be jumping at this because I know what it's like sitting on just a standard magnetic trainer it's um, you can make it more interesting with um, with movies and stuff but the small experiences I've had so far I don't so think far, you do because
0: the thing is for me well no, that's unfair. I never did. When I used to do a wind trainer, which I never did because I found them such hard work, not not hard work physically, just mentally I found them so boring mm. and pointless. Um, but if you had a tool like this, because you can watch a movie, but you're not doing, I, I always find when I'm watching, I, I didn't do quality. Mm. It was a way of occupying the time space mm-hmm. and made the time go quicker, but it didn't actually help me produce quality sessions. Mm. Whereas a tool like, you know, like these types of tools.
1: They allow us to have that ability to actually get quality of indoor sessions. Well, the thing is you, you have to do the work because <laughs> yeah. once they're set, you're, you're riding that power or you're not. It's, um, it's, it's fantastic. If you're having an off day, it can be pretty ugly. So, um, so you go check it out and uh, I'll be giving you some feedback because I am going to be getting these trainers and uh, I'm going to be getting the software in, in the future and uh, I'll be using it with a group of... 10 to 20 kids at a time And uh, and also in an adult setting So I'm looking forward to it Thank you John Sponsor athlinks.com.
0: Swap by date or distance John
1: Well this is a great thing So if you've got all your results up there And uh, How many results have I got up there got quite a few, I think I've got 37, that's kind of unique, I'm 37 I've got 37 results Look at that, one, one, one race year. a year Yeah. Um, what the cool thing is is yeah, you can go in there and you can divide it by year, so in um, 1996 I've got a race in there and then I uh, in 2008 I had 8 races 2009 I had 9, so you can go in year by year, but what's also really cool with athletics is then you can just, it breaks it all by sport and by distance, so I can go in and I can go, right well I've got uh, 4 10k runs in there and you can just compare all your 10k runs on one Simple page, or you can go um, Olympic distance triathons and how many of them you've got in Ironmans. Um, I've got seven Olympic distance, and I've got four Ironmans on there. And you can just go one page, compares all your Ironmans. Nice and easy. So, really cool in that respect. You can do it by year, or by category, or by distance. Um, so, just love it. Just nice and easy. And you don't need to keep spreadsheets up to date or anything like that. It's just boom, it's right in front of you. Yeah. So check it out. Athlinks.com, it's free don't have to pay anything for it, you just need to sign up your account and you just need to keep on top of it in terms of claiming your results, if the results aren't up there, you just submit them, there's a little add a race button up in the, the right hand corner, if they're, they're major races, they're generally going to be up there, but if it's a local 5k race then you, or 10k race or just a small little poxy triathlon, then you're going to need to add it yourself and they'll get that up, updated and uh boom, cha, your results are in there.
0: Okay, good times. athlinks.com. Okay, guys, questions and answers. And Scott Finlay sent through the question he's got. I'm not sure if this question has been discussed before, but I'll ask it anyway. I'm from Scotland, so the weather is really nice and warm, except during the, the summer. How would I go about preparing my nutrition strategy for a hotter race? I asked this because I did Ironman Needs this year with a 104 swim and a 642 bike. I was all set out to reach my goal of sub 12.30 when I started to be sick on the run. I couldn't take anything in including water so I was becoming severely dehydrated and had no energy to run. I jogged uh, I half-jogged walked for around 6.17 uh, marathon to finish in 14.28, which I'm happy with considering the circumstances. But when I do my next one in a few years' time, I would like to go a lot faster than that, a sub-10. I remember from an old podcast, someone spoke about blood being needed more to cool down on the skin so that you get less in the gut. Is this something that can be trained?
1: So I think automatically when people have stomach issues on the run, they automatically think nutrition, and they just go, "What did I did I did I stuff up my nutrition and hydration?" So I think first, uh, just the main points from this is um, nutrition's one aspect of the factor, but acclimatization, pacing, and fitness are things that you also need to, to really factor this in, uh, into the equation. So if you're going from a, a crappy cold environment or or a not so warm environment to a very very hot one, yeah. Were you acclimatized to the situation, and uh, and that can be tricky because we can't all go and, and do a couple of weeks acclimatization before races. So, I think um, the main points I want to make are uh, hydrational based on. Um, uh, will, will base, hydration will be based on the on the heat of the day. So go back to the interview we did with Paul Larson, sort of talking through that, and and uh, and he gives you some good guidelines around drinking to thirst and how you need to adjust to that. Um, your car- carbohydrate intake should not vary. Massively, I don't think whether you're going from a cooler climate, say in Scotland, down to a hotter climate in Nice, it's really mainly going to be your 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 fluid intake that's going to change a bit. What you need to be careful there is, is when you're taking in the fluids, if you're taking in an absolute truckload of um, sports nutrition, then your carbohydrate intake is going to go up quite significantly as well. So you need to have a th- uh, check your labels in terms of, right, I'm going to be taking in gels, or I'm going to be taking in um, you know, an infinite type product, 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 and then if you start slamming down lots of sports drink off the course, then your carbohydrate intake's going to go through the roof. So whether or not you need to be taking in just some water only on the bike course if you're getting all your carbs from from elsewhere, so have a a little bit of a look at that, and the one thing that I would say is when you're going from a, from a cooler environment to a hotter environment, typically you're going to find it a lot harder to take in solid foods. So you might go and do an iron distance race in Scotland and uh, maybe you chow down on a few bananas or some sandwiches or power bars or whatever you might have in that race. Try to go do that in a really hot environment, say a Kona type environment, typically going to be a lot harder. So I would tend to advise going much more down the liquids route um, when you're in, you're in a, in a in a hot environment and I think the one other thing um, you want to probably be looking at Scott is is uh, is trying to keep your fluids as cool as possible and that's not that easy but as Paul mentioned I've got the, the, the flow bottle I've used a, um, uh, well I can't even remember what they're called but it's basically a, a bottle that has got a, a lining on the inside that helps keep the fluid I think yeah, it's called a plastic refrigerated lining. bottle or something like that um, I'll be putting things in a, in a <coughs> chiller bag whenever I can to try to keep them flu- cold, cold so if you can keep your fluids cold that's going to make a massive difference and then I guess that the, the final thing that people just, just go over and over I don't think they do enough of it is to try to simulate your nutrition and training. So, doing long simulation sessions and actually practicing what you're going to do, eat, and you've got to do that, you know, several times over, because the, a lot of people just they have the nutrition plan and they just go out there and they're going to do an Ironman, whether it be twelve-hour Ironman or a fifteen-hour Ironman, and they really haven't practiced the nutrition very much, and they, they seem surprised when it doesn't actually work on race day. And it's like if you don't bloody well <coughs> practice it, and in, in similar efforts and similar conditions it's going to be pretty hard. I know it's tricky when you're going from a cooler environment to a hot environment, but you can still go out there and do some half Ironman simulations on, you know, say, your six-hour bike rides, practicing your nutrition religiously because I know a couple of weeks ago I rode to Tekapo and I didn't get my nutrition right and, um, and really suffered and, 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 and then when I slammed down too much food, then I struggled to eat anything else. So you just got to practice, practice, practice and just not expect it to happen on race day. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's Bevan's, that's Bevan's input. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree, John.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Sweet. Okay, so practice. Uh, if you can get a bit more acclimatized, go for it. Try to keep your fluids um, a bit cooler and just look at the full package the acclimatization, whether you go got your pacing right. It doesn't amaze me how many
0: right. people don't practice. Mm. You know, like people, you know an Ironman is such an important event in people's lives and, they, you know, so much time, energy, money, you know, all resources go into achieving this massive goal mm. and you go into it in race day and not kind of practicing some, you know, nutrition one of the biggest aspects that's going to have an influence on your day. That's right. And uh, sure, you're not going to have to practice an Ironman, but in your long training days, and your race simulations, your halves, you know, mm. the more you can practice it, the more you learn how you work and as much as we have nutritionists on the show over the years and, you know, there's all these different theories – it's knowing yourself, yeah, you totally. know, and, and really, it's, it's you know the guys who have been in the sport for a long time know what works for them, and, and you only learn that from experience, and um, the more you can kind of practice this stuff, you know it's just just going to lead to you having a higher chance of success. Now we can never guarantee things aren't going to go wrong, mm. but you always go, well, how do I decrease the risk of these going wrong?" And, and experience in practicing nutrition is, is massive, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah right, that's a wrap for this week, people. No more sponsors. Uh, no, nah, that's it Okay, uh, just sponsors are Coffees of Hawaii.com Did we talk about them? Um, but We're we we, 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 we getting we get the stuff done, Bevan Okay Coffees of com. Yes com. Yes Extreme Endurance Yes TrainingPeaks.com Yes SLS Try yeah. yeah Yeah It's the year show Yeah, yeah Bevan, you having a good holiday?
0: John, where am I? It's week one, isn't it? So I'm yeah. in New York How's the, uh, what's the big statue? Statue of Liberty, how's that? It's close, I think, we're with you Ah, oh. yeah. So that, that was good. We went on a boat past it, but oh yeah, so yeah. Right. It's, pretty, it's not as big as you think, John. Oh, okay, yeah. When you, you know because you kind of see it in pictures. Yeah. What's cool about being in New York, John? It's all the movie sets you've always seen. Yeah, you know you walk and go, oh, that's the thing from that time movie, Times Square. Times Square. You yeah, haven't mm-hmm. done that yet. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about that next week. Okay. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Times Square, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, and yourself, what have you been doing?
1: I have been. Uh, what have I been doing this week? Hanging out. Wow. Yeah. 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 Training the house down. I've got Tuesday free now. Oh, you will have too. Yeah. So you long ride? Getting something reasonable
0: on Tuesday. Nice. Get a bit of work done. Get ahead. Get ahead in life. Mm. That's what you should do, guys. Get ahead in life. That's, that's our right. that's our tip for this week. Iron right, Russ. I mean no, Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia, Kia kaha. kaha. See you next week when I give you my report from where am I going where am I going?
1: San Francisco. No,
0: I'll be in Vegas. Vegas. I'll probably be in Vegas, time. baby. Vegas, baby. Here we go.